many questions, so many questions. How's everybody doing today? It's good to see God's house filling up, church. People are coming back. I wanna welcome all those that are watching online. You're part of our family. Those that watch during the week, we want you to know that you are a big part of what we do here. We want you to feel welcome. How many first-time guests do we have here today? Will you raise your hand if that's you? All right, great, wonderful. So nice to have you today. We have a special mug and a welcome packet for you that's in our welcome desk, but we want you to feel like you are truly part of the most wonderful family of God here at Countryside. I think right away what I wanna do is I wanna stop and we need to pray for what's happening in Ukraine and we need to pray God's protection on his people. And even in Russia, there are underground churches right now that are praying, that are at risk. There's a lot going on. And in the middle of it, we need to pray for peace in Jerusalem. It all goes back to Jerusalem and end times prophecy and things that's happening. We're living right in the middle of it. It's an exciting time to live, but this is our time to step up and to intercede on behalf of our brothers and sisters truly around the world. Let's bow our hearts in prayer. Father, we lift up Ukraine, and we pray, God, that you would put angels, warring angels would go before them, Lord. You would surround them with your presence and your peace. We pray for a supernatural protection to be around your people in this nation. I pray, God, that you would give wisdom, strength, insight to our leaders, Lord, that they would step and they would have the mind of Christ in everything that they do and say. I pray for the underground church in Russia. Lord, let the rising church step up and be the church in the midst of this crisis. We pray for a revival that would move in the midst of this war. God, there's gonna be people that are gonna be drawn to you. So Lord, I pray God your peace, your strength, and a supernatural intervention on behalf of all that's going on. And as always, as your word says, always in the middle of all that's going on, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we pray peace. And we pray God that we would rest in you and that we wouldn't worry or fear because we know, God, none of this has caught you by surprise. So we stand in strength, not in weakness today. We stand in the strength of knowing that we serve a God that's faithful, that's good, and is always right on time. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, church. We are in the middle of a series called Questions That You're Too Afraid to Ask. Last week, we talked about the reality of hell. I wasn't sure if anybody was gonna come back after we talked about the reality of hell. Welcome back, countryside. We're glad that you came back. But this is the time to be awake and to really answer the questions that so many people are asking. Sometimes we think it, and we think, oh man, am I the only one feeling these questions? I want you to know you are not the only one feeling the questions that we're dealing with in this series. So how many people believe in the power of prayer? Amen. It's a powerful, powerful tool that God's given us. Had a brother come up to me today. We've been praying. He's got stage four prostate cancer. We've been praying and praying and praying. And today he said, brother, God's moving. I had some tests done and the tumor has shrunk. My blood levels were all good except for one. And so we I grabbed him by the hand. We're continuing to pray that God's gonna move in his life and do and complete what he's begun. How many believe that all things are possible with God? Amen. There's nothing too hard for our God to do. I've seen God move in miraculous ways over and over and over. And I've got good news. Prayer is powerful. 
But prayer also can be confusing. How many of you ever had a time when you prayed and God showed up, but then other times you prayed and nothing happened? See, what do you do when you pray and you pray thinking that this is God's perfect will, but it doesn't come to pass or doesn't happen the way that you have it designed in your mind? You see, it happens throughout Scripture where God showed up big. We see in Joshua chapter 10 where they prayed, and they prayed that the sun would stand still. And the sun did not move for an entire day, and the moon did not move for an entire day. It was miraculous. But then maybe you prayed for your friend's marriage, and they ended up getting divorced. And you wonder, God, where were you in the midst of this moment? You can make the sun stand still, but where were you when I'm praying for the reconciliation of my friend's marriage? Or in 1 Kings chapter 18, we see where Elijah calls down fire from heaven and 800 false prophets were just stunned by what God moved and he sent down fire from heaven. That's the God we serve. He can send down fire from heaven in a moment in our circumstances. But what happens when our friends die of cancer? You know, this past year I've had two of my closest friends die of cancer. You know, a lot of people, they struggle with these questions. And when they have these questions, they just internalize these questions and it never resolved. And oftentimes, people end up out of the church and they end up disappointed and feel like God failed them. Daniel chapter six, we see where Daniel faces death, but God intervened and put the lions on a diet. They weren't hungry for Daniel. That's the God that we serve. But you know what? I prayed to that same God that the Gators would win the national championship last year. And they were the worst team we've seen in more than 25 years. God, come on. Prayer's powerful, but sometimes it can be confusing. John chapter 14, starting in verse 13, it says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So what happens when you ask? You know he can do it, but he doesn't. Oftentimes people feel like, is there something wrong with me? Does God not listen to me? Is God mad at me? Does God really care about me? I want you to know that God does care about you. And so today, we're gonna look at this question of why didn't God answer my prayers? How many brought your Bible today? Father, it's your word that we live by. I pray the word that's sown today as we speak and preach your word, Father, you would honor it and you would answer these questions that are in our heart. We love you so much and we have expectation of what you're gonna do today in Jesus' name, amen. So, I wanna encourage you to take out your notes that are in your weekend guide, you can follow along. There's a lot of scripture that we're gonna go through today as we kinda of dissect some of the things that we're asking and we're asking God to show us. Are you okay with going through a little bit more word than normal today? All right, well there's seven over here and three over here. All right, I got 10 people. So today I wanna build an understanding on truly the nature of God 
and God's purpose in prayer. You see, it's oftentimes hard for us to grasp really what the meaning and the purpose of God is in our prayers because we tend to be the center of our prayers. But we must understand that we're not the main character in the story. God is the main character in the story. Oftentimes we pray so selfishly, it's all about us, us, us. And we think that God's there to exist is to serve us. But we're existing as believers to serve him. So let's look at the purpose of prayer and what it's not. So in your notes, we're gonna start with what prayer is not. The purpose of prayer isn't to get God to do our will. The purpose of prayer is to know God so we can do his will. You see, Western Christianity has completely distorted what the Bible is talking about. Western Christianity is all about consumer. If It's gotta meet my needs. That's, we see that in churches all over. People, they'll go to a church and they're like, you know what, I've heard that before. I'm just gonna go down the street, I'm gonna go here. Oh, I like this worship better, but I like their youth group better, but I like their children. And so they're, they're looking at what can please me about God for my cons- consuming attitude. God doesn't want us to be consumers. He wants to be, us to be in relationship with him, loving him and desiring to grow in who we are in Jesus and to be a light to the world, but not constantly serve me, serve me, serve me. God is not our spiritual Santa Claus. In other words, he's not gonna say to you, okay, if you go to church, if you, if you get into a group, oh, if you go to Ephesians class with Pastor Tim, now you are a good boy. You're a good girl. You know what, you could ask anything you want, you got it, because you're being so good. He's also not a God that's gonna say, you're bad because you cuss. Oh, I can't believe you did that when that person pulled out in front of you. Oh, I can't believe you did this. Oh, you just stopped. You had a 10-day streak with your devotion. Ah. Now, you get a lump of coal. You don't get your answer to your prayer. See, we don't serve a drive-through prayer God. So, So many people, they think, I'm just gonna ask God what I want. Lord, We can even put our hands on the machine that we're asking for. Lord, I'm broke, and I want to win the lottery. Send me the winning lottery ticket. I didn't want a Diet Coke. God may have said, you know what, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. You're asking me for a lottery and you can't be faithful with the small things? Oh, God, I didn't mean to step on your toe there. See, Jesus can do anything in our lives, but sometimes we ask, why didn't he? It's easy to just pluck out a verse in the Bible and make that verse apply to whatever we want it to apply to. You know where it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? Powerful verse. We like to put that out. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, so I'm gonna jump 10 feet in the air. Because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's what that verse says. Now, watch. That's as high as I can jump, and it was probably about three inches. 
But what that verse is saying in context is whether I have little or whether I have much, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's the context of the verse. So when we look at verses and we look at subjects, say we're talking about prayer, what you need to do is you need to look at the full context of what God is trying to say throughout the Bible when it comes to prayer. We need to look at what the epistles say with Paul when he's talking about prayer. Or we need to look in the Gospels and see what is Jesus saying about prayer. We can look at Psalms and Proverbs and we can apply that and see what the narrative is. It all has to flow under the nature and the goodness of God. But we have to interpret scripture in context and with what God is saying in that moment. Maybe you said, I prayed for a good job and God didn't answer. I prayed for my mom and she, she didn't get saved. I prayed for a baby, God didn't answer. God, why didn't you answer my prayer? These are sincere prayers, it's not that difficult. I know you can do it, why didn't you do it? So in, in your notes, we're gonna tackle these questions. Maybe it's one of these four things. I don't know the answer for sure. I don't know why God didn't answer your prayer. But today we're gonna in, investigate through scripture as to what is God saying to us when we're praying and with our expectation level. So why didn't God answer my prayer? Number one, maybe you have a broken relationship. Maybe you have a broken relationship that's hindering your prayers. Maybe you have a relationship from many years ago that they've tried to bring healing, but you're like, you know what? What you did was too offensive to me. I'll never talk to you again. Mark chapter 11, it says to have faith in God, say to the mountain to be gone and it will be moved. So we look at Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 24. It says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. And if it will, if it will be yours, and when you are stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Now, I wanna stop there just for a second because I've had people come up to me after messages I've shared on forgiveness, and they said, I've tried, and i tried, and they just tell me, leave me alone, don't talk to me ever again. We're called to do all that we can do, and then we stand, and then we trust God, and then we pray. See, God sees our heart, and he sees the relationships of how we have stepped out to bring honor to him and to bring healing. It seems like Jesus is saying our relationships, they really matter with how we relate to others. It makes sense too, you know, if you have kids, how many have kids that are um, fifth grade and below? Second service, there's a ton of you. I guess there's, this is an older service, good. I'm with you, I'm, I'm with you in this service. But when my kids were small, if they were arguing all day, they're fighting all day, they're causing problems all day, and I get home from work, and my wife says, you need to take care of that, and then they say, hey, can I go to my friend's house tonight to spend the night? No, you and your, your sister need to get along. You need to apologize to each other. Hey, can I, can I watch a movie tonight? Can we have a movie? No, you can't have a movie night. You need to get things right with your brother or your sister. Our relationships with people impact our relationship with God. Matthew chapter five, starting in verse 23. says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there, remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar first. 
Go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. So prayer and reconciliation are going hand in hand. The importance of having things right between people around us, people that we're friends with, people in our family, it goes hand in hand with prayer. So examine your heart. Here's one for the husbands. Husbands, 1 Peter 3, 7. In the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Be gracious to your spouse. Be loving, be forgiving, be kind. So why didn't God answer my prayer? Maybe there's a broken relationship that God's calling you even today as we pray and we're talking to bring reconciliation and healing. Number two in your notes, maybe you have the wrong motives. See, God sees the inner core of our being. He sees the beginning before the, the end, before the beginning. He knows the very core of why we pray and what we pray. Maybe your motives are wrong. Pharisees. In scripture, they did it all the time. They had the wrong motives. They would stand on the street corner and pray these proud prayers of God, heavenly Father in heaven, Allahim, Shakim, Rahim, Elohan. I'm sorry, I'm just an ordinary guy with an extraordinary God, remember that. And they would pray these prayers and Jesus rebuked them over and over about the way they prayed, their motives weren't right. Their, their motives was to be seen. Their motives was to impress people. God is looking for a humble heart that is just longing for his perfect will. Bless my business, Lord, but are you willing to be obedient to his word with your gifts of tithing and offerings? Maybe you're praying, God, I just pray my hair would be thicker. I'm praying that right here in the front, I pray that. Maybe you're praying your muscles to be bigger. I pray that every day. And the Lord says, you might want to go to the gym, pal. Maybe you're praying for higher income, and you're like, God, all glory is going to go to you. I just pray all these things. But James 4, 3, it says, when you ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. See, if we're just looking to pray so that we can have more, so that we can be even greater consumers, our prayers have to be laced with humility and a heart that is after a deeper relationship with God. So it may be broken relationships. It may be wrong motives. The third thing of why your prayers may not be answered is maybe you don't believe that God will do it. Maybe you're lacking faith. There is power in the faithful prayer, a prayer-filled faith. Let me tell you, when it's faith-filled when you're praying, there's a difference than when you're praying like, oh God, you know, uh, uh, I know, this is hard. God, uh. Then when you pray in faith, believing that God is gonna do what you're asking. Mark chapter nine, we see a boy that's demon-possessed. He can't talk. He's foaming at the mouth. His father is saying, help me, help me. My, my son's throwing himself into the fire and in the water trying to kill himself. And the, 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 the father asks the disciples, 
Can you do something? Can you cast this demon out? And the disciples, they couldn't do it. And Jesus went to the disciples and says, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Mark chapter nine, verse 22, it says, it has, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, if you can, everything is possible to the one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. But then he, he gives a, an answer like so many of us, but God help me with my unbelief. There's times we all struggle with unbelief. There's times that we are on a mountaintop and we're believing and we're praying with faith and we're trusting God. And there's other times we feel like, God, I don't know. God, please. I've seen God heal blind eyes. I've seen God heal terminal cancer. I've seen God miraculously provide. When I prayed for someone on a Sunday morning, the next week they said, you're not gonna believe what God did. It was nothing short of a miracle in my life. I've seen it. But then there's times where I'm like, even with my wife, there's times I'll be praying with her with someone and there'll be like a, a little bit of doubt in my heart. Like, I've seen this. This is hard. And I'm like, Elaine, I think you have faith. And she'll pray. I wanna say that because you don't need to feel guilty for the times that you feel that. But you need to know that God's with you, he's for you, and encourage yourself in the Lord, and then go to these scriptures that's talking about the importance of faith, praying in faith, and believing God with every ounce of faith that's within you. God wants to use you in your prayers. Over and over we see it in scripture. According to your faith, it will be done unto you. We see in Matthew 9, 22, the woman with the issue of blood, she, had, she was bleeding for 12 years, and she knew in her heart, if I just touch the hem of his garment, then I'll be healed. And Jesus says there that he felt the power leave his body, and he looked around, and he saw the woman, and he said in Matthew 9, 22, your faith has healed you. We see a, the immoral woman that came and poured perfume on Jesus and just cried out in worship. And Jesus said in Luke 5, chapter 7, verse 50, he said, your faith has saved you. Two blind men came to Jesus and Jesus asked them, do you believe that I can heal you? And in Matthew 9, 29, it says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their, their sight was immediately restored. Your faith matters. Your faith is a powerful tool that God will use. Now, it's so sad that over in Western Christianity, it's distorted faith to become like a prosperity gospel where if you just have the faith, then you're gonna make a million dollars. If you just say, okay, I want that, and you lay hands on that BMW, in Jesus' name, I want this, that's the wrong motive, faith. I'm talking about real faith to move in prayer, believing that God's gonna do his perfect will in your life. God wants to see it through you. 
Some of you say, well, Pastor Glenn, you're a pastor. That's why you're seeing these miracles. No, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, just like you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And the same miracles that I've seen, God wants to see you in your faith to rise up and your prayers to believe and to see miracles begin to happen in your life. Maybe that person you prayed for for years and you're doubting like, man, gosh, I'm tired of even witnessing to him. And the Lord says, one more time. And then you go and you share, and it happens to be the moment that their heart is wide open to hear what you have to say. That's a miracle. I look around and today, and I see some of you, your miracles. Look back in your life, maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you wouldn't have thought in a million years you'd be here at first service, after Saturday night, Sunday morning, here you are, because God did a miracle in your heart and in your life. It's nothing short of a miracle. Let faith rise up in your heart and believe that the same God of the Old Testament, the same God that raised Lazarus from the dead is the same God that can move in your life in a moment and change everything. That's the God that we serve. So maybe your relationships are good, your motives are right, your faith is strong. What else could be hindering my prayers? Number four, maybe God has something different. Maybe God has something different. God, I just lift up my prayers to you, and I pray, God, that you would do a miracle in my finances. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Oh, well, maybe you're asking God for a, a wife. Oh, what number is that? Oh, the wife, it's always in the middle. It's always in a prime spot where they put the wife. Take a shower, sell your Xbox, and move out of your parents' spare room. Sometimes the... Sometimes the answers are very practical answers, but we have a hard heart and we're not hearing. Maybe God has something different than you can even imagine. I look back at some of the prayers I prayed when I was younger. Thank God he didn't answer those prayers. I can remember going out on a date with a girl when I was 17 years old and I thought, oh God, wouldn't it be wonderful if we got married? She's been married five times now. <laughs> but you see, God had something better. I look at my wife up here sharing the word. Humble, kind, powerful woman of God. Loves me. I can't believe how much she loves me. I know a lot of you are wondering that too. Thank you. <laughs> but she does. And I look at my children. And I like it, my decisions that I made. God, if I could just have this type of job. But God said, no, the time's not right. Wait, wait on me, wait on me, wait on me. And then when I took a job in ministry, immediately within nine months, I moved to another church. And I'm like, God, why would you do that? And I look now and I can go back and God was protecting my heart. And he was positioning me for what he had right now. It was happening 25 years ago in my life. 
Look in your life and see the things that your flesh wanted so desperately. But if you would have moved to that city, moved to that state, taken this job, taken this spouse, you would have missed out on God's perfect will for your life. See, that's what God wants for us. He wants his perfect will for our lives. And our flesh is so easily satisfied. If it feels good at the moment, we'll take it. God sees beyond it feeling good at the moment because we serve a God who's looking at the long term and the total picture of everything. Can you say amen? First John chapter five, starting in verse 14. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, everybody say his will. See, that's the big thing, that's the big difference. Oftentimes we're praying according to our will and our desires and our wants, but if we pray anything according to his will, he hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we've asked of him. I trust that. You see, that's where true trust comes. God, I'm gonna lay it all at your feet and I'm gonna trust you with the results and I'm gonna trust you with the answer. The Apostle Paul, he prayed over and over and over again and he called something in scripture the thorn in his flesh that he just couldn't get over. God, why won't you remove this thorn? And he struggled with it, and he talks about it in three different sections of scriptures. God, why won't you remove this thorn? Now, this thorn has been talked about with theologians, and some of them think it could be an eye problem that he was struggling with. Some think it could be in malaria, migraines, epilepsy. There's scripture that says that he was not great in his speech, and they thought maybe it was a speech disability that Paul had. It could have been a person that he struggled with. Alexander Coppersmith did a great deal of harm to the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And he pleaded with God three long seasons that he would remove this thorn from his side. He preached the gospel. This is the Paul we're talking about. To every major city in the Mediterranean basin. This is the Paul we're talking about. The Paul that was shipwrecked, beaten, stoned, imprisoned, this is the Paul that wrote one-third of the New Testament. This is the Paul that many of you, you carry a mug that has a scripture on it that encourages you in the morning when you're drinking your coffee. That's Paul that probably wrote that scripture on your mug. He prayed. He pleaded. His relationships were good. His motives were right. His faith was so strong. But God didn't do it. See, God revealed to Paul when he said, my, this is what Paul said, my God has shown me that his grace is sufficient for me. That no matter what's going on around me, God, whether I'm in jail, whether I'm free, whether I'm shipwrecked or I'm living on a ship that is sailing well, God, your grace is sufficient for me. It's enough. Your power is made perfect in my weakness my brokenness, therefore I'll boast all the more that in my weakness, your strength is made perfect. That's what Paul's saying. His glory is made perfect. And when I don't get what I want and I don't understand, God, I still trust you. 
Maybe you feel like, I didn't get this house. Why, why didn't I get this job? Why didn't I marry this person? In the moment, you don't understand. But over time, you realize God's got something different. Maybe you haven't had a child. You're 25, 26. Just wait. Just wait. Keep praying in faith. Keep trusting God. But I want you to know in the middle of your circumstances, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your disappointments, God's grace is sufficient for you. Stand strong in who you are. So maybe at the end of this message, you're like, why, why do we even bother trick, praying? Why do we even pray? Remember, the purpose of prayer is relational. To get to know God intimately so that we can walk in the middle of his perfect will for our lives. Sometimes prayer takes time. Sometimes it's just a no. I look at a lot of the no's that God gave me, and I'm just so grateful. Thank you for that no. Oh my gosh. I look back over time, if I would have gotten all everything I wanted, my life would have been destroyed. More than likely, I wouldn't even be here today because God said no. Let me tell you real quickly, Many of you know my son, Pastor Andrew. He, he preaches from time to time here on the stage. He's uh, the youth director in the next gen. When, when he was little, we just saw something special in him. And Elaine and I just prayed, God, if it's your will one day for him to be in ministry, just open up the door and make it happen. But I want you to know, as we prayed that, we never talked to Andrew about it. We saw as he got into high school, how, how much of an influence he was on his peers and how much power and authority he carried and the, he carried a lot in the way that he said things and the authority he carried was different. And we kept praying, God, whatever your will is for Andrew in your timing, open up the door and put it in his heart. So he graduated from college. And let me tell you, Andrew was motivated by money. Money, money, money. And he was going after the money. He's like, Dad, in this time, I'm gonna have this much money saved. By the time I'm 23, I'm gonna have 100,000 saved. I'm on the fast track. And he was in the corporate world. And he was an executive with this huge company moving and on the rise. And he moved to Fort Myers. He was right in the process of selling his house. Marnie, thank you for being gracious. <laughs> that was our real estate agent for Andrew. It was, it was for sale. And here he was alone in Fort Myers. And it was in Fort Myers that God clearly spoke to him. And he says, if this is what you want, you want money and the riches of this world and the cares of this world, you can have it. Or you could lay that down, come in ministry and allow me to use you with the perfect purpose that I created you for. It was at his greatest moment of height in the corporate world, making the most money he'd ever made. And he said to me, he called me, he goes, Dad, I don't want seashells to present to God. For those that know the John Piper message, passion. He didn't want to just collect seashells and present to God those seashells. He goes, I want to live out my purpose to make a difference, to see souls saved to see young people turn their hearts to God. I wanna live my life really where God wants me to be. We never talked about it. We never encouraged it, but God did. 
And God knew. And guess what? We never stopped praying. We never stopped believing. Here he was in his mid-20s. A lot of people say, well, oh well, let's move on to the next one. No, God said, you just keep persevering because my grace is sufficient and my timing is purpose. The purpose of our prayer isn't to get God to do our will. The purpose of prayer is for us to know God in a more intimate way so that we can do his will. I believe that God can always answer every prayer. There's nothing impossible for God to do. I believe that God will answer our prayers. But even when he doesn't, church, you've got to determine in your heart, I still believe. I still believe that God is faithful. I still believe that God is good. I still believe that God is hearing my prayers. I still believe that God is on the throne and he's got me right where he wants me to be. And I am not moving. I'm standing on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. The same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament, is the same God that we serve today. Trust Him, believe Him, and don't stop praying. Can you say amen? Let's all stand together as we sing one last worship song together today. Love endures through death. 
changes. He's the same. Would you sit down for just a moment? And as you're sitting, if you would just bow your head, close your eyes, nobody looking around for just a moment. I believe that there are folks in this room and watching online 
who you are thinking in your heart, I wish I had a relationship with this God, and you're feeling a stirring in your spirit. That is the Holy Spirit that's touching you, drawing you to himself. And the gospel is clear. Jesus, the Bible, so clear that if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. There's an idea going around that if you just are good enough, that you can get to heaven. <laughs> but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says none of us are good enough. But God sent his own son into the world that whoever believed in him would have everlasting life. He died so that we could be forgiven. So no matter what you've done, you call on the name of the Lord and say, Jesus, I am calling on you to forgive me of my sins. I believe in you, that you died for me, that you rose again. This is spiritual rebirth. That's what this is all about. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just a moment, nobody looking around, and, and that's you. And you wanna say, Pastor Tim, I feel like you just put your finger right on me, even though maybe you don't know me. Would you pray for me? I wanna be included in the prayer that you're about to pray. And if that's you, with nobody looking around, I'm not gonna call you out or embarrass you, I'm gonna count to three, and if that's you, just slip your hand up in the air. As soon as I see it, you can put it right back down. If you wanna be included in this prayer, slip your hand up, one, two, three. Just raise your hand up. Yes, I see your hand, and yours, and yours, and yours. Thank you. Many hands, so many hands. Thank you. You can put it down. For the sake of those who raise their hands, would you, everyone in this room, pray this prayer after me? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I know I've done wrong, but you sent your son to die for me. Forgive me my sins. I call on your name, and I make you Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, my God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Is God good in this place? If you pray that prayer for the first time, God, and you mean it in your heart, God always answers yes to that prayer. After we dismiss in just a moment, we have a book for you. You can find it on either side of the platform here in the steps or in the information counter as you leave. It's called A Fresh Start with God. And that's our gift to you can really help you on your journey with Jesus. So if you would stand with me now to receive your blessing and just lift your hearts before the Lord or turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving. May the Lord bless you with healing in your relationships, with forgiveness in your heart, with joy in your life, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. I love you, church. Have a wonderful Sunday.